Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. No one deserves a winner more than Nick fans. I know it's been tough, but. My pledge is we are going to work tirelessly and we are going to build this the right way to bring you a winner. What up, Knicks fans? And what is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Craig? And good evening, Blanderson Hooper. Good evening to you, Craig. The star of the show. I mean, I don't know if I'd say that. Who everyone comes for. Oh, that sounded awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that didn't come out right. Remember, everybody, if you like our show, go on to iTunes, wherever you listen. Leave us a rating, five-star rating, and or a positive review. Did you guys watch Oakley, Dancing with the Stars? I saw a clip. I mean, I I, I wasn't looking to seek it out. He did not do well. Here we go. This is one of my all-time heroes (laughs) as a Knicks player. (laughs) Dancing the Salsa. With his partner, Emma, it's Charles Oakley. You guys watching this? Yeah. <laughs> it's already funny. I mean, the 90s, dude, he was my top three. Easy. And here he is in a silky, shiny purple shirt and tight purple pants. So that happened. Yeah, did you see his score? Not good. Well, he got he got 12. He got a 4, a 4, yeah. a 4. That's not, that's not a, good. A 12 out of 30? That's a 12 out of 30. I thought it was like a 12 out of 15. <laughs> no, it's out of 10. It's, everything's out of 10, man. Four out of ten. Are you sure? Nobody's giving him a four out of five on that routine. Yeah, there's no way. That's a that's a twelve out of thirty. This has ruined my whole perception of him. Dancing the salsa. Look at what he's doing with his hips, dude. It's like a fifth grade dance recital, is what it is. He's he's six foot eight. <laughs> Can't stop watching. They are wait. I get, hold on. They are fourteenth out of fifteen people as of right now. All right, well, lots of fun stuff on the show today. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, draft prospects. The small forwards are this week. We've done the point guards. We've done the shooting guards. We're going to talk about some rumors that are out right now. Fred Van Vliet, Chris Paul. We'll get to all that. But before we do, Blandy, tell everyone where they can get crumb cakes. They can go on down to clarksinavcrumb.com where they... How can Barry, can you believe that he is so well-liked, Blandy? What's that supposed to mean? It, I mean, it wasn't it's out of the gate. It, it took people a while to, uh, you know, for him to rub off on, I think. Because even this crumb cake ad, I'm I'm wondering why I'm asking him to do it. Yeah, I mean, he pauses in weird spots. He's. Uh... Do you think I'm making him sound too good when I edit the show together? Uh, yeah, I'd give you, I'd probably give you some credit there, sure. What? It's creative editing? I try not to edit you guys as well as I edit myself. <laughs> Um, I cut out all my long pauses, but I'd like to at least leave a few on you, Barry. Right. Blandy, you're so brutal, so I really try and make you better. Is that true? Really? So you have a lot of thanking to do for this rise to stardom. You know how hard it is to make it all come together? Now, now you're just being mean. Well, you're, you're obviously doing a good job. 
All right, Jay, go give us the Clarkson Avenue read. It's going to take you about six minutes to do it. I'll cut it down to 40 seconds. <laughs> so you can head on down to ClarksonEvCrumb.com. You can get yourself, you know, a traditional crumb cake, or you can get yourself the uh, the crumbkins, right? Those mini uh, crumbs in, in muffin form. The flavor of the month is uh, Mocha Joe. And by the way, I don't know if you two know this, but um, shipping is free on all of their cakes in the month of September. If you're looking to get yourself some Clarkson Avenue crumb, uh, this is the month to do it. Go to uh, ClarksonAveCrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE for 23% off your order. Knicks are back at practice. You see these beautiful photos? Yeah, yeah it's nice to see. Thibodeau with R.J. Barrett had them talking. A lot of jokes were made about that photo. One of Thibodeau speaking to RJ, telling him, you think you played a lot of minutes last year. <laughs> right, that kind of joke. Right. Some nice shots of Kenny Payne with Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, every Knicks fan's most hated Nick. For some reason, it's perfectly acceptable for people to make fun of Julius. But we make one fucking comment about Damian Dotson and the whole world blows up. Well, Damian Dotson was drafted by the Knicks. He's, he's family, you know, he's not an in-law. He's blood. Saw that photo of uh, Johnny Bryant training with DSJ. DSJ with his third haircut in three seasons. Back to his rookie style. No, rookie, ha- he had like the, the high flat top. He had a flat top as a Yo, rookie? Yeah. No. Show me a photo. Oh. He did not have a flat top I'm not top doing it on my sharing of my screen, but I will certainly. Dennis Smith Jr., 2018. Okay. I wouldn't call that a flat top. But, well, but. not quite, but it was high. And Frank, Frank continues to impress with his training videos. Anyone better at training video right now than Frank Nilakina? <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about with the practice? Mike Woodson was there. Well, that's exciting. R.J. <laughs> <laughs> Barrett lifting weights. I saw some of those picks. R.J. Barrett, who a lot of Knicks fans think got snubbed with the all-rookie teams. The two all-rookie teams came out. Did you guys see this list? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a huge problem. And, and secondly, I don't really care. I mean, is it really a big deal? If he's on that no, it's not, second it's, team or not. Well, we could talk about it. No, I don't think it's a big deal. It, this shit doesn't bother me. Do you think it was because he's on the Knicks? Yeah, like people. Are, yeah? <laughs> then why did Mitchell Robinson make the second team last year? He made it. So don't tell me that, that they're purposely not putting RJ in because he's a Nick. That's fucking ridiculous. He didn't make it. And it was close. If you want to kick one guy off that second team that probably had no fucking business being there, it's Terrence Davis of the Raptors. I don't know how the fuck he got on there. I mean, listen, I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's that much of a snub because I don't think RJ had that good of a season. He didn't. And I don't really give a shit, honestly, <laughs> about these individual awards, especially the all-rookie first and second No, I, it doesn't mean shit. It means jack shit. If you're not making the all... Maybe making the all-rookie first team is cool. Eh. He didn't get snubbed for that. So at worst, he got snubbed for the all-rookie second team. Who cares? Yeah. But I will say he did finish third in scoring, fourth in rebounds, seventh in assists. It's actually fourth in scoring and fifth in rebounds. Are you arguing with me on this point? I have it right here. On what what site? Because I'll give you the three guys that were above him. Who were above him? (sighs) Gonna make me fucking pull that shit up. Morant, Nunn, and RJ. Maybe these stats are wrong then. Yeah, I saw some people tweet some stats that were wrong. I'm not counting guys. Like, there were a couple guys that played in one game. I'm not counting them. But you want to use 30 games as a uh, fucking minimum? No. What do you mean, no? I don't want to use 30 games as a minimum. Oh, well, then you're, then you're going to be right, because there was one guy that played 30 <laughs> games. But it was a shortened <laughs> season. So it was roughly half the season. All right, so go ahead. Go ahead with your numbers. RJ played 56 games. You can't use 30 games. Go ahead with your numbers. Then. Third in scoring, fourth in rebounds, seventh in assists, fourth in steals. The difference between seventh in assists and twelfth in assists is like half an assist, you know? And and his, his percentages were fucking awful. He was 40... 32 and 61. I'm not making the argument for him. I'm just saying 
seems like he should have gotten a little more consideration. But I'm, I, He's at the top of the stats in every category. Yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, it's not that far off from, from anybody else. And other people had more rounded out numbers. I, like I said, Terrence Davis, you want to kick him off of there? <laughs> That's fine with me. He averaged like seven, seven and a half points a game, you know, slightly better percentages. He played less than 17 minutes a game, this kid. For Toronto. Do you believe any of these Van Vliet or Chris Paul rumors? Sure. I'm sure the Knicks are, you know, looking into it. Here are the options for the Knicks this offseason. And they're probably going to explore all of them, right? They're going to make Van Vliet some sort of offer. I guarantee it. They're going to make some sort of offer for Chris Paul. And they're probably going to make some sort of offer to try and move up to get LaMelo Ball. It's just a matter of which of them comes to fruition. Or none of them. But you're hearing trade proposals for... There's a rumor about what the Knicks' starting package was going to look like for Chris Paul. Did you see this? What was it? Alfred Payton, Bobby Portis, Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina, and then two second-round picks. <laughs> and then... You make that call, you you're getting re- hung up on. Very likely, but I'm not even making that deal. I'm not even doing that deal. Well, that's Barry. fine. I mean, a lot of people don't want Chris Paul on this team. I am not trading two young guys... And two picks for Chris Paul. I'm certainly not trading Frank. If I bring Chris Paul here, I want him to be mentoring Frank. I mean, that's half the reason I would want Chris Paul. So I'd trade Kevin Knox for him. I'd trade our 27th pick for him. There's a lot of things I would trade, but I, I, if we got Chris Paul, I want to keep Frank here. I want him to learn from him. Barry, you're saying they would hang up if you made that offer. Does that mean that you would want to make that trade or you just think they wouldn't? So it comes down to if I want Chris Paul on this team, which... I could go either way, to be honest with you. I hate giving that type of fucking answer. It really depends what my options are, you know? And sitting here in my basement, I don't know what kind of options are realistic for this front office to make. Uh, Do I like the idea of a seasoned veteran that still has gas in his tank that we saw this season propelling the Knicks a little bit and, you know, bringing some respect to the the players that they're going to put out on the court? That's nice. His contract, although it's high... It's like, well, where are the Knicks, you know, going to spend that money anyway? The, you know, half this roster is young, making nothing. Um, you know, they're about to draft a couple more rookies who are going to be nothing. So, you know, where else are you going to put that money? Why not put it into Chris Paul? Fred um, Van Fleet, that's where they're going to put it. Well, Fred Van Fleet, that's the other side of it. Then you're going to tie yourself up, you know, for a long contract. And is that the point guard you want to go forward with. And yes, he does come along with a lot of positives. Um, but, you know, he's also got holes in his game as well. Yeah, and you're committing to him for a long right, time. Right. Chris Paul is a, is a short-term bridge to lift up this team, mentor these young players, and rack up a few more wins. You know, he's not MVP caliber Chris Paul that all of a sudden you're going to gain 10 Ws in the win column. You know, he's a guy that's, you know, he'll, he'll add a few wins. He'll close out a couple of games. It's not about that. It's about, you know, making that bridge, you know, moving the team forward. So I don't have a, I don't have a big problem with that. I don't think you're going to end up burying yourself by doing that. I think the Knicks realize that they really need to try and avoid going to the season with two or three really young point guards who they don't, aren't even sure if they're starter material or starter worthy. Right. That could be a problem. That could be a problem. Because we all know that we all know these guys like Mitch and and Kevin and any of the young guys we have, they need they need a leader, right? They need a leader out there. Whether that's Van Vliet, Chris Paul, LaMelo Ball. I think it's gonna all come down to the order of events. I'm sure in an ideal world the Knicks would have hoped that they got 
a top two pick and could have drafted LaMelo, and he'd be their future star point guard. Oh, who wouldn't sign up for that? That was plan 1A. If the draft comes and they're not able to move up to get him, looking at the point guards that we've studied and looked at, like I don't know if I see them taking a point guard at eight. So, you know, their backup plan, if with if they don't get LaMelo at the draft, is going to be moving on to maybe making an offer to Van Vliet or trading for Chris Paul, one of those two options. Does Chris Paul want to come here? Well, it doesn't even matter. I know, but there's talk about you know, him wanting to go to the Bucks to pair up with Giannis. But it's not really up to Chris Paul. Does he have a no trade clause? I don't know, but you would think he could he could wield some some power. He'll wield that power that by saying he's not gonna re-sign with the Knicks if they trade for him. I don't think the Knicks would be trading for Chris Paul with for the hope of re-signing him. <laughs> anyway. Exactly. It's, it's it wouldn't be about that. All right. So I don't think that's gonna have any effect on the assets they're willing to give up. I don't think they're gonna be willing to give up that many assets to begin with. Van Vliet doesn't really appeal to me. Giving up that much money for a player like him who's not entirely proven. And I don't know that he's a star point guard in the league. Does he deserve 20 plus million a year long term on this team? Is he going to make that much of a difference? He's definitely not going to play better than that contract. Maybe he'll live up to it, you know, which is going to be hard for him to do. But uh, but no, no, no way he's going to outperform it. And then we're trying to ditch his contract for the next four years. Right. I, I, I don't I don't like the move. All right, guys, are you ready to talk about the draft prospects? I'm ready. Sure. You guys did your homework? You checked out the small forwards I assigned you? did. Yes. All right, so as you all know, we go on Tankathon. We use that as our guide. And uh, we're looking at the top, some of the top small forwards coming out in this year's draft. I know there are going to be some that get left off, but we're going to eventually get to those as well. But we are starting today with Sadiq Bey, 21-year-old, projected number 13, six foot eight sophomore out of Villanova. Averaged 16 points a game, 4.7 boards, two and a half assists. His comps, Tobias Harris, with a little smidgen of Jay Crowder. Let's start with Jay. Blandy. Well, I, he, he seems to be a really good defender. There's a lot of video out there of him on defense, just like keeping his man in front of him. He's a good shooter, but he's got like an awkward shot. I don't know if you noticed that his like his right leg kind of goes out a little bit when he shoots. So he, he shoots a good percentage, and it's just an awkward looking shot. He doesn't have a quick first step. He seems to be more of a shooter than, than somebody who's going to blow by anybody and get it into the lane. You know, listen, a, a Tobias Harris comp, I mean, I, I guess I'd sign up for something like that. Tobias Harris is, you know, he's a good player. I don't know if I saw that in, in the the clips that I saw. Would he be good out there on D with, with Mitch and Frank? But I think we've said that about a few of the other people we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he was all right. I, I don't I don't know if I see him as the number eight pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him projected anywhere from 13 to 19, so I don't see any scenario or any world where he ends up on this team. But uh, as far as what I saw, I mean, yeah, he's a good 3 and D guy. I mean, he shot 45.1% from three, and that was on over five attempts a game. Uh, so a good sophomore year for him in Villanova. He um, defends multiple positions. He's got a lot of size and strength. Uh, like Blandy said, he's he's a little slow, and you know, therefore, he really can't create a lot of space for himself. You know, from his defender. Uh, so uh, that's probably his biggest biggest weakness. I mean, you realize watching him that he he is basically just he is not a very athletic. <laughs> like you said, he's slow. I almost thought he was like a little awkward and clumsy the way he was dribbling into the lane. He was backing guys down using his strength, but really. Nothing graceful or athletic looking about him. Right. Very flawed in that way. To me, he reminded me a little bit of kind of like a clumsier version of Marcus Morris. 
He's just a bit a big, strong guy who could get inside. He he had a good looking three. Um, I liked what I saw, but I could never see like that lack of athletic ability getting very far in the NBA. So I could never imagine them selecting him. Right, and I couldn't imagine they would trade down in order to take him. And he's on the older side. He's twenty one already, which we know is is kind of frowned upon in the NBA these days. Next up, we have Aaron Nesmith. He is almost 21 years old, another uh, senior. Sophomore. Projected. No, I know. So I meant like senior citizen. Oh. <laughs> Sophomore from Vanderbilt, uh, projected to go number 11. Averaged 23 points per game this past year, five boards. His comp is Danny Green. I'll just start with him because I did think it was interesting how much he improved from his freshman to his sophomore year. He doubled his points per game. He went up from shooting about 30% from the field to shooting 50% from the field. He shot 52% from three last year. He has a really good looking three-point shot. He's got a huge frame. You see how jacked he was? You know, you know when you're when you you know when guys really gain a lot of muscle real fast and they have all those stretch yeah, marks. Yeah, he's got them here. all over his arms. He's got those, yeah. which I get excited about because he must be getting big fast. I remember in high school, all the kids who were doing creatine had those stretch marks. Do you remember mm. that? Right. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So he made those huge jumps from freshman to sophomore. But then again, he was a little similar to Sadiq where he had this really good looking three-point shot. He was a little more athletic than him, but he still was not a very explosive player. He couldn't really finish inside. He had no handle whatsoever. And it seems like he was just solely a perimeter guy. Like he's basically there to stand at the three-point line and shoot. Barry, what you, would you like about Aaron Nesmith? I'll repeat it. 52.2% from three. That point two does a lot, though, right? You know what does a lot? The fact that he shot over eight a game. He had over eight <laughs> attempts a game. So I mean, That's all not... he did. It's That's all that, he did. Yeah. So, I mean, to have that high of a percentage on on that type of volume is amazing. Now, he did only play in 14 games. So, small sample size. True. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and he's, he's got a long wingspan, 6'10 wingspan. It's only at 6'6". Six six. But, again, he's another guy, you know, projected like anywhere from 11 to 16. Again, no world can I see him ending up on this Knicks team. Great three-point shooting. That's what a team is going to grab him for is going to be for that shot. But there's really nothing much else there that he's going to give you. Yeah, that would be a reach at eight. Well, it's not like we haven't reached before. I don't know if you saw this, but just in terms of him just being a shooter, he played 46 college games, and in 46 college games, he had a total of 58 assists. So this is a guy who's just there to shoot. That's basically it. I mean, so those first two guys, Nesmith and Sadiq Bey, I mean, you know, one of the big reasons why we, I think none of us could ever see them taking him is we have RJ. And are you going to take these guys who clearly have a lot of faults and weaknesses to play on this team behind RJ? It just doesn't seem to make sense. No. Moving up the board. Yeah, these next two are going to crack the top 10. Yeah, the, these, there's, a, there's a big jump here as we get to these next two. Next up, projected to go number seven right now, which is right around our area. And he has a name that you hear a lot of Knicks fans talk about is Isaac Okoro. 19 years old. Six foot six freshman out of Auburn, averaged almost 13 points a game, four and a half boards, two assists, about a block and a steal a game. His comp, Gerald Wallace. Barry. Barry motherfucking D. Did you enjoy Isaac Okoro's motherfucking D? <laughs> I did. Uh, you know, that's what he's known for. He's known for his defense and he's known for his dunks. Uh, this is a guy who, when he was at Auburn, he would guard the other team's best players, uh, whether it was a guard or a forward. He would take them on. Uh, his defense was great he was smart he was scrappy he looked 
really polished when he would attack the rim. Did you see what he did when he was attacking the rim against Nesmith in that video? Yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, it's funny because I was getting confused because I was watching all these highlights and then I forgot what highlights I was I was watching because I think I was watching Nesmith's like weaknesses and they were showing Okoro, you know, on yeah. that highlight. Now he's getting <laughs> a little confused there. I forgot who I was watching. He threw it down on Nesmith. Nesmith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. However, he is a really bad free throw shooter and a really bad jump shooter. Really bad jump yeah, shooter. Yeah, and particularly on catch and shoots, it was, you know, quite bad. He was, did you see what his percentage was from three? Uh, I know overall it was like 29%. 29 right? from three. Right, 29% yeah. from three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're getting a guy who's going to be solid on the defensive side of the ball, and he's going to be flashy around the rim. But you know, how, how often do we say that we need shooting? This league is built around shooting. You know, you need that to win. So, yeah, that would be my, uh, you know, the obvious hesitation with a quarrel. Blandy? Basically the s- same thing. I mean, he's got, like, no shot. He doesn't seem to have the ability to create his own shot he's a, an incredible athlete i could see him running around there on defense throwing his body around like a lunatic but i mean i just don't see that being the pick for them so what stood out for me was yeah his athletic ability the way he finished and exploded to the rim for these dunks where you know his head looked like it was above the rim he was attacking the basket really uncomfortable on the perimeter obviously his shot was really poor but then, like you said, Blandy couldn't create for himself. But he could explode to the rim off a pass on the baseline. He was throwing it down on guys. I heard somewhere someone comparing him, because he's so raw and still developing, like he could end up being like a Kawhi-type player because of his defense and his athletic ability and his motor. That was the biggest thing that I saw was he just plays with a lot of energy all the time on defense, on offense. And supposedly has one of the best motors in the draft, which is a big appeal to me because a lot of these guys we've been drafting, that's like their pitfall. DSJ, Knox, Frank. RJ does have a good motor, but I like getting these guys who are really out there going at 120%. You don't have to worry about them not being aggressive because it seems like we that's who we've been drafting. We're trying to push all of our young guys to be more aggressive and to have that motor. It is appealing that, that he has it right away. Can't shoot from three. Can't shoot from the perimeter at all. All of his buckets are in fr- from in close. A lot of potential, I think, still very raw, but obviously some concerns. And we have RJ. Can I uh, can I throw something out here? Throw out some numbers. You brought up Kawhi, San Diego State. Yeah. The two years, twenty percent from three, and then twenty nine percent from three. Wow. And then this past year with the Clips, just under thirty eight. I mean, if the Knicks end up drafting someone like a Coro, you just have to pray that he's a talent they're going to develop and they see something in him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely an NBA built. Player. He's built for the NBA, right? Right. Built and and I NBA. think he's. I think he is deserving of the top ten. I mean, like you said, when he is around the rim and he is attacking it, although he looked uncomfortable away from the rim, he looked supernatural. And I mean, it was a lot of NBA power moves when he got up above the rim. He's got a ton of potential. Right. A ton. I would not hate it if we ended up drafting him at all. Right. And then we got, and this one is really unlikely to be anywhere within our range because he's projected top five, just under 20 years old, six foot nine. Denny of Deja averaged nine points a game, five boards, two assists in limited minutes over there playing for Israel. Always hard to judge those European players on their on their numbers because they barely play. His comp was Hito Turkoglu. I want to hear from Blandy. Well, I mean, first off, he's got to get bigger. I mean, he is, for a six foot nine guy, he's like 210, 215. I mean, he is a skinny dude. 
if if he's going to succeed in the NBA, he's got to put some weight on. Well, like Craig said, what is he under twenty? Yeah, right? I mean that was the big thing that 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 jumped off the the screen for me. He's not he's not skinnier than Kristaps was. Oh, well, well, he's not that skinny. No, but he's also not seven foot three. He's six foot nine. He, he needs to definitely put on some weight. I thought he was a really good passer. He seemed to have a good shot, good finisher at the basket. Is he the, in my opinion, the best of the four? I'd probably say right now, yes. You have to think about that. I, I'd say yes. Well, because I'm, I'm trying to like project in my, you know, we said Okoro, what he could do on the defensive end and 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 on the the break and stuff like that, and you know what he could develop into. But I mean, I. <laughs> Is he really a top five talent? I don't know. I, I don't see it, but what do I know? Wow. Look, wow. a lot of people consider Denny Avdija to be like one of the best players coming out of Europe over the last couple of years. And, and Did you, you see you know, that in and, the video? And that's grouping him with people like Luka Doncic, okay? He's he's a, a championship caliber player. <sighs> you know, when he, when he was 17, he was a gold medal winner. When he was 18, he won the MVP at the FIBA under 20 Euro uh, League Championship. Um, so he elevates his game. I mean, you know, Craig ran through a couple of stats of his, but you know, that, that's like, you know, a, a small segment. They play a bunch of different championships and leagues over there. And in, and in like his last bunch of games, he had huge numbers that he was putting up good at using his body, um, you know, to get to his spots and create plays. Uh, he's really good at cutting, you know, knowing when to cut, where to cut. And he's really fast. Uh, he's a good help defender, but it seems like every aspect of defense other than that, he's really bad at, you know, whether it's down low, whether it's on the perimeter, uh, he seems to get beat off the dribble a lot. Um, so, you know, there's his biggest weakness, but yeah, no, this guy, this kid projects to be, you know, could be an all-star player. He did not have many weaknesses from what I could see when, when one of his top weaknesses on the scouting video is lack of lateral quickness, you know he's got to be pretty good. Because there was no, he, he shoots, he's got a great shot. He can score from anywhere on the floor, the post, in close, from deep, spin moves, post moves, dunking, on the break, passing. Passing was, from what I saw, elite type passing. I, I mean, I hate to say it because I feel like every week we're like this guy kind of similar to Luca, <laughs> but <laughs> Just because he's a white European Kind of got that Luca style of play. But are you are you looking at the, those free throw percentage numbers and the three point percentage numbers? Like you know, like he, he shot thirty three from three. I mean that that's not good. I have to be honest. Like I don't know how much to read into any of the European numbers because I can't figure them out ever. Like Barry said, they play in all these different leagues. I saw in something he averaged like twenty one points a game, but I didn't. But I don't even know what league that is. He shot 33% from three in what? I don't know. Just what it, it's what they had a tank of. I don't know. Is that Euro League? Is it what is it? Well, that's the risk of these drafting these European guys. Whoever ends up taking him, if he goes in that top five, I do think he could turn into a star or he could turn into nothing. There's such a huge risk with those players. Let's see if I could find out what league it was. But I mean, I liked his height, his his game, his overall game. Compared to these other three players, I mean, I thought he was head and shoulders the best player of any of them. He was the most well-rounded player of any of them, by far. He played in uh, EuroLeague. You don't think he's head and shoulders over a Kuro? You wouldn't take him easily over a Kuro? Now, this is where the numbers okay. are all. Barry, would this you? This is where the numbers are all wacky. They oh, don't, yeah, of course I would. They don't make up. They don't. Yeah. If he fell to eight, you take him in a heartbeat. These numbers don't match up. Blandy, who's your favorite player of this group of four? I mean, I guess I'd have to say Avdija, but I mean, I have you know, I have questions about that. And would you take him over your your top guy from the past from the previous two weeks, which I believe was Devin? Yeah. Best. Um. 
No. Uh-uh. So right now we've looked at point guard, shooting guard, small forward. You got Vassal over. Yeah, I, I think. Including the top five projected pick. Danny yeah, I just I, I think just his his build, you know, the the length that he had, uh his shot, I just, you know, I just think he would be a better fit. We need shooters. Barry, favorite guy out of this group? Yeah, it'd be Denny Avdija. I mean, if he was there at 8, I think you got to take him. And everybody's got him projected at 5. You know, a lot of these other guys have a range, but everybody has him going to Cleveland. You know, unless somebody's going to, you know, trade down, you know, cuz they don't need a particular position player and they figure they can uh you know, give up a higher pick to somebody else. All right, so obviously you would take him. Yeah. Would you take Denny or Okoro over Tyrese Halliburton? Yeah, uh, yeah, Denny. Uh, I would. T- I would still take Denny. You take over Denny. Tyrese would you take Okoro over Tyrese? No. No, I would take Tyrese Halliburton over Okoro. Um, I would. Uh, what would I do? All right, so so the the pick comes to uh, the Knicks. You got Halliburton on the board. You got Cole Anthony on the board. Avdija surprisingly <laughs> still on the board. Oh, you take Avdija. Yeah. But if Avdija, I think it's actually Avdija. If you take Avdija, if he's off the board, you got Okoro, Cole Anthony, Tyrese, and Vassal. You think it's Avdija? I believe it's Avdija. In lo- yeah. what language is what? a J, a, a H sound? What do you mean? In Spanish. Oh, yeah. Fuego. <laughs> but this is this is Eastern European. Like, so... That's how I heard. That's how the announcers were saying it. He's like Nicole. Israeli and Serbian. Yeah. This, that, no, it's got to be a hard J there. It's got to be. Yeah, that's what the announcers were saying. They were wrong. <laughs> so between Okoro, Tyrese, Cole, Anthony, and Vassal, I don't know. Okoro and Vassal are pretty close to me, but none of them are blowing me away, guys. <laughs> none of them. Would you rather have Tyrese Halliburton or Fred VanVleet? Tyrese Halliburton. Me too. Don't hate me. <laughs> Even with that shot. Even with that nipple shot. It's time. For Blanderson Hooper and the news. I can't wait to hear what the news is. This okay. Um, I cannot wait. Well, all right. Well, let's let's see if I can if I can you know um, if I can do a good job here. First off, uh, conference finals. What is this weird accent? What? What is this weird accent you're you doing? You told me no accents because you. Is this your no? Oh, this you your normal to be, voice. To you know to be like a, a shtick. So uh, this is just this is just me. This is just Blanderson Hooper here. Um, all right, get into it. All right, so we got the conference finals, right? Lakers, Nuggets, Heat, Celtics. Heat uh, took game one last night. I don't know if you guys saw any of that. If you caught any of that, that the block uh, at the at the end of the game was was pretty. Um, of course. Pretty crazy. Uh, Nuggets are playing the Lakers. You know they came back down from three to one to defeat the Clippers. Um, I don't know. First time in NBA playoff history, right? That you come back three to two one, rain, two rounds uh, in a row, twice. two series in a yeah. row. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw after the game, uh, Damian Dillard and CGA McCollum. Damian Lillard. They were Jason. they were going after. I think you meant Lillard. What did I say? Dillard. Oh, I did. So Damian Dillard. Yes. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. Jeez. Wow. My goodness. Um, yeah, they went after Patrick Beverly and. Uh, Paul George, they they just like one tweet after another after another. Yeah, this is the news we're here for, Jay. Another, right here. I mean, this was what was it? Um, who said? Was it Beverly who said something about Damian Lillard going to um, Cancun after uh, that series? So yeah, so they went all in on uh, harassing the two of them, which you know 
They were up 3-1 and they blew it. They, they were kind of looking for that. Uh, the draft, officially now, November 18th. By the way, how how likable are those Nuggets? The Nuggets? Uh, quite. Quite likable. Jamal Murray is are just... You, I'm so excited to root for them over LeBron and the Lakers. See, the hard part for me will be... Now, do you automatically root for them in the finals if they go against Miami just because it's Miami? Oh, I don't want Miami. Because Miami's got a likable bunch, too. No. Over who? The Nuggets? Yes. I could. I don't care how fucking likable Miami is. I could never root for the Heat. It's not the same Heat. It though. doesn't matter. It that runs deep. That hatred. It's not the same Heat. Pat Riley's there. Well, that's true. Yeah, you can't want them to do well. You're gonna root for the Heat because they're likable. And I'm not rooting for the Nuggets. I'm just rooting for the Nuggets against the Lakers. Oh, hell, beyond hell yeah. that, I don't care. Hell yeah. Yeah. See, the thing for me is. As much as a, uh, a hated franchise, the Heat are and the Celtics are, I like the rosters on both those teams. I like the players on both those teams. I can't say that about a lot of teams. Tatum, Brown, Smart, I like those guys. Butler, then this young group they got with Kendrick Nunn and Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. They're just a, a, a likable bunch of players you want to root for. I'll tell you what, nothing would make me happier. Go ahead. Actually, speaking of the Heat and how you can never root for them, I will be rooting for them if they're playing the Lakers because nothing would make me happier than seeing the Miami Heat beat LeBron. Oh, there you go. Would that not be incredible? (laughs) I mean, come on. You have to root for the Heat in that situation. I think the most entertaining series would be Celtics-Nuggets. Yeah, but I mean, Lakers is still a fucking entertaining series. You got the fucking one of the greatest player on that series. I know, but enough of LeBron in the finals. All right, continue. Like I was saying, so the draft has been officially rescheduled for November 18th. That was announced, I believe, today. Still no word on free agency yet, though, because they're still working on uh, what the cap's going to be. The All-NBA teams were announced. Only real controversy, apparently, was uh, Bradley Beal being left off. Bradley Beal is the only player, I think, in NBA history to average 30 points and six assists a game and not make the All-NBA team. Yeah, he was fucking off the charts this year. Yeah. I know the Wizards sucked ass. And who, but... was, who was in his place? Um, well, let's see. The guards, you've got Harden, Chris Paul, and Damian Lillard on the second team. Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons on the third team. Bradley Beal should be on there, man. I mean, over over who? Chris Paul? Yeah, I think so. Probably even Ben Simmons. So you got your, your three All-NBA teams, uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis becoming... It's, it's only like the few times that, that teammates have been on the first team... Uh, together. Why was Chris Paul deserving to be on that team? Yeah, the numbers are not he that had a good. Good year, wasn't he? Like eighteen, 18 points, six points assists, and shot good from the field. Eighteen points and six assists a game gets you all NBA team. What's his three percentage? I know he shot. Who gives a fuck. Those numbers are enough. Win shares. What they don't? They, not they don't. They don't sniff Bradley Beal's cock. What, what are his win shares? Eighteen and six. I know they look at all that kind of stupid crap. Under seven assists a game for Chris Paul is a bad year. He shot 37% from three. What are his win shares? Well, Bradley Beal was on Washington, so, I mean, she's saying that's counting against him. uh, Mike D'Antoni leaving Houston. Another person thrown into the mix for the coaching carousel. Decided to part ways. Uh, And then the only other thing is uh, for for the conference finals, just to go along with this theme of the social justice, the NBA players are all wearing t-shirts during warm-ups that say vote across them so that's all four uh teams throughout the the conference finals now blend do you have any more info on the draft they, they basically released like dates of uh when each step in the, the draft process is going to happen they're it's it's weird they've they've changed how the the prospects are working out like they're going right. and they're visiting like whatever team is closest to them 
geographically to to work out. Yet the teams can't have any of their own representatives there. Yeah, there's like a certain amount of questions that they're all allowed to ask and a certain amount of time that they each get with them. It's like 20 questions in 30 minutes or 30 questions in and 20 minutes. So all the different teams go to that one location? No, no. no this is just to for them to like um, get the, – they got to get like their medical yeah. stuff done in that market. And then they get what, like – I don't know what it was, 30 minutes or 45 minutes. I think they actually do a workout video at the facility oh. and then send that out to the teams. So there's no – no teams are going to be able to watch these players live? No. What? Yeah, exposure and like a lot less tra- – like think about all the traveling that would normally have to be done. You know, you used to hear about that all the time. This player is, you know, working out for the Knicks. Now he's going to work out for Chicago. Yeah, but now can't he... you do one workout for a lot of teams? They, they don't want that. Once? They want to limit it, like like Blandy said. Yeah, but how are you drafting players based off of a video? Hey, everybody, look, hey. we're living in a world right now where you're, you know, doing shit you never would have thought you would be doing. Everything is totally different. New territory. So new procedures. Wow. And between that and the season's ending early last year, it's going to be a mess of a draft. Yeah. I mean, if there's ever a draft where you could probably, you're going to get the top player drafted like 18, 19, somewhere around there, it's this one. Yep. Or somebody's going to get really lucky and there's going to be a second lottery pick that's going to blossom into, you know, a real talent just because he's hitting his stride and nobody fucking knows it. They've, they've got to adapt. The, the Major League Baseball draft, instead of being like 20-something rounds, was like seven or eight. Of course they have to adapt, but it's there's going to be effects from it. There are certain things that you you notice seeing a player live that you're not going to notice on video. Yeah, what if a guy fucking smells? He's just got like really bad body odor, and you just know you can't. Are they going to take that? Would you take that into account? Room with this guy, if it's bad enough. Okay, so let's say it's Lamelo. Dude, if Lamelo is making you vomit, if if you got to vomit in your own mouth every time you get within two feet of this guy. You really want him in your locker room so you, the entire season? So you would pass on him then if you knew he had really bad B.O.? All right, I, I think Barry's being funny. I'm just saying. That's it for the news, by the way. And that's the way the basketball bounces. <laughs> Jay, you wouldn't pass on someone because of uh, their B.O.? Not if, not, no, not if the talent level is off the charts. There's things you could do about that. You can you, know, you can get like injections and stuff. Yeah, for your like sweat glands. Or yeah, something? you can. They can. They put what like Botox into your sweat glands so that way you don't sweat anymore. Frank Nilakina had that done. Frank Nilakina. That's why he doesn't sweat. It's nothing smelly about him. That's right. Probably smells like a like a nice Sauvignon Blanc or something. If there's one player in the NBA who I was forced to like drink their sweat and I had to <laughs> pick them, I'd be Frank Nilakina. That is the strangest, most disgusting <laughs> thing you've said. <laughs> On this podcast. Uh, if you had to pick one NBA player that you had to drink the sweat off of their body. What? Who would it be? Yeah, yeah. you got to pick Why? one. Why who do we have be? to? Because it's. I, I want to see who you guys would pick. Frank's definitely NBA. a good choice. Frank is definitely a good choice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What? Huh. I, I challenge you guys to pick anyone but Frank. All right? Barry, pick me one player I, that you would do I don't want to have this conversation. Well, you're having it, Blandy. You're in the middle of it uh, right now. Victor Oladipo. Get out of here. Based on what? But what are you basing Frank's sweat juice? Taste I, I didn't on? say. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I'm not drinking anybody's sweat. I'll, I'll tell you what. If you refuse to drink their sweat, you want to know whose sweat you're going to drink? I'll just tell you. Uh oh. I'm trying to think of who that's going to be right <laughs> Wait, now. Wait. So you're saying now I have I have a choice? It's got to be one of two people. You can either choose anyone in the NBA right now. Yeah, or you got to drink like the sweat of like Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez. Yeah. 
that hairy beast. I don't even know if that's a bad one. It's not a bad one? It would be horrible. This conversation's gone off the rails. Man, it's the, the last thing I would ever think we would talk about. You can't even come up with this shit. If you don't name another player, you're going to have to drink Kyrie Irving's sweat. All right? Is that bad? I think so. No. It's all bad. None of this is good. <laughs> this is all bad. The conversation in and of itself is just is not good. I can't wait. I got to put that in the description of the show. And whose sweat would you drink in the NBA? I mean, could we open it up to the WNBA? Because then that, you know, maybe that makes it a little more no. palatable. Who's the worst person's sweat you would have to drink? Patrick Ewing. Well, that's, I'm talking wow. now. It's a tough, it's a very tough question. Uh, are there any really big sweaters in the NBA today, like Patrick Ewing back in the day? Andre Drummond. Does he sweat a lot? Uh, All that hair on his chest and back? Could oh, you imagine? I don't even, really? I, I oh, yeah. Look. As, he's the hairiest, has the hairiest body in the NBA. Have you not recognized the hair on his I, back? I never looked at him that close. I'm going to search. Look, Andre Drummond's back hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling the same thing. He's got like that. He's got hair on his shoulders. He's got so much hair. Look at this. Look at this. Those are in his tattoos. You see it? Oh, yeah. That's his hair. Yeah, he's a hairy dude. But no matter what, I'm like, I'm not drinking sweat off of anybody, so. Okay. All right, guys. That's going to do it for the show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Craig, is there a way you can isolate that? I'm not drinking sweat off of anybody. <laughs> All right, you can reach out to me at hardnickslife. You can reach out to Barry at Barry Dworkin and at Blandy Hooper. You can call us at 516-33-MESH-1. Remember, if you listen to our show or you like it, leave us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Craig, by the way... Um, you are correct. Denny Abdiya. What? There you go. Wait, but Abdiya or Abdiya? No, Abdiya. Abdiya. So it's pronounced like a Y. Oh, Abdiya. Right, not Ha, but Ya. So it's a Y. So the J is a Y. Yep. By the way, of any of the draft prospects we've looked at, Tyrese Halliburton, that's whose sweat I would drink. Really? Blandy is disgusting. I don't like where this is gone. I don't. I'm not drinking sweat. Sorry. All right, guys. Next week we're going to be doing the power forwards. Get a look at Obi Toppin. Mm. All right. Until next time, <laughs> it is a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.